Tonight we're going to be in 1 Peter 4 for most of the time. We, As we said, we've been doing every other Wednesday night from Psalms. And then on the other one, we've been talking about how to live in this world, this dark world as a Christian, and be the light that uh, God would have us to be. We started out by uh, recognizing that, number one, we're sojourners, we're pilgrims. That means that when we are faced with things in this world or we get this feeling that we don't belong or we get this feeling that we don't fit in, we're not supposed to. Uh, we're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be set apart. This world isn't where our home is. We've, we've got a home that we're waiting for, that we're working for in heaven, and uh, this world isn't it. So when we start feeling that way, when we get discouraged, just remember that uh, we don't belong here. Uh, our purpose wasn't for us to be here forever. Our purpose is to spend eternity with God. And then uh, Peter talked about ways in which we can do that, ways in which we can be productive and get through this life by, uh, uh, number one, of uh, fighting against those fleshly desires that we have, those fleshly desires to act like everybody else, to do just like everybody else does, and to return evil for evil. He says we've got to fight those things, and we've got to live differently. Again, we don't belong in this world. We're not, we're not uh, just like everybody else. We're set apart. As Paul said to the Corinthians, you've been set apart. You've been justified. You've been sanctified. You're something different, and we need to act like something different. And then he talked about suffering, that we need to understand that we're going to suffer in this world. We're going to go through things. We're going to suffer things. And he talked about how it's better, and we need to think about the reason we're suffering. Are we suffering because of our own actions? Are we suffering because we're acting like everybody else? Are we suffering because of sin? Or are we suffering for the cause of Christ? Are we suffering because we do take a stance? And we need to, to think about that. And that's just some things in which I think with some building blocks and some foundation which Peter helped us with. And he continues that, goes in a little bit deeper with it in uh, chapter 4 of 1 Peter chapter 2. Let's look at a few verses and we'll, we'll talk about them this evening. 1 Peter chapter 4, uh, starting at verse 1. He says, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh... Arm yourself also with the same mind, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles when they walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, rivalries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. In regard to these, they think it strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of disposition, speaking evil of you. Then he goes on in verses 5 and 6. Notice what he says. They will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this reason, the gospel was preached also to those who are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. So let's go back at verse 1 here for a moment and notice what he starts off with. He says, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself also with the same mind, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So he, he, he goes back and, and you know, remember before he told, he told us to have this same mind in us, it's in Christ, knowing that Christ suffered and he suffered for doing the right things. He says we need to arm ourselves and be ready uh, 
to do the same thing. He said, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself also for this same mind. You know, Paul talked about arming ourselves against Satan. Remember in Ephesians chapter 6? He says, put on the whole armor of God. Why? So we can be ready to fight against everything that Satan has to throw at us. And if we put on that whole armor, we'll be able to do that. But notice what Peter says here. Peter says that we need to arm ourselves with the same mind. Well, what was the same mind that Christ had when it came to suffering? What, what did he think about? Notice, therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, we arm ourselves with the same mind. What was the reason that Christ suffered? For our sins? Was it for something that he did wrong? Was it for doing the right thing? I mean, he suffered. Remember, Peter talked about this in the earlier chapters when he says when we suffer unjustly, you know, we, we can count that joy. We, we can realize that I'm suffering unjustly and God takes notice of that because we're doing what's right, but we still may have to suffer because of it. Christ had to suffer for doing what's right. He suffered because of our sin. It wasn't because of his sin. So he, he was ready for that. He prepared himself for that. You know, that's why he spent so much time in prayer to God. Yeah, he felt every bit that he went through and he prepared himself for what he had to go through. So Peter tells us we need to arm ourselves with that same mindset to know that we're going to suffer too. In other words, be ready for it. Don't let it catch you uh, uh, unaware. Think about it. Can you endure something a little better if you prepare yourself for it first? Yeah, absolutely you can. If you're ready for it, I got to thinking about this when I was uh, 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 studying this. I can remember when I was in school, my friends and I, we would, uh, we were idiots is what we were, but, uh, you know, we'd kind of be walking down the hall and we'd catch our, one of our friends unaware and we'd just punch them in the stomach just as hard as we could punch them. You know, I got punched a lot. I, I found myself laying on the floor in front of my locker many times because I wasn't ready for that punch. But then I got to where I was ready for it. I walked around all the time, stomach tensed up, just always ready. It still hurt, but not as much. I, I was ready for it. I was arming myself. I was trying to think about it. But in, in, you know, that's a, a kind of a minimal way to look at it. But that's really what Peter is saying. Okay, this suffering's going to come. It's going to happen. If you're living right, if you're in this dark world and you're letting that light shine like we're supposed to, there's going to be individuals that don't like that because they're comfortable with the dark. They're comfortable with how their life... We were comfortable with how our life was. Or we thought we were. We, we, we thought we were just fine. We thought we were just going through till that light shined and we could really see it. And then we had to make a choice. Well, there's some people don't like that choice. Do they? They don't like that light. And we've got to understand, sometimes it takes a little bit for someone to get used to that light. I mean, think about it. Have you ever got up in the middle of the night, stumped your toe? You ever done that? I do that. Our furniture's in the same place, and I still do it every night. Because I don't turn on any lights. You know why I don't turn on any lights? Because there's some in the house that's not ready for me to turn that light on. <laughs> They, they, they may want to still be asleep. That light's going to startle them. They may not be happy when they see that light. They may let me know they're not happy when they see that light. So I try to kind of be in the dark sometimes. But there's times we, we need to turn that light on. But we've got to realize when you turn that light on, it's going to take people, just like it does us, a little bit of time to get used to that light. 
We may not like that light. That light may hurt. It may make us mad to begin with. You know, there's a lot that, you know, when the Bible talks about you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And, and that's a true statement. It will make us free. But it can make us angry, can't it? It can make us upset. It can make us where we don't want to hear it because it, it causes us to want to do, to need to do something, to make some changes in our lives. So what he's saying here is arm yourself and be ready because when that light turns on and you're letting that light shine, it's going to shine in a dark world of people that may not want to see that light. They may not want to accept that light to begin with. And you may suffer because of it, and they may never want to accept it. They, they may treat you awful because of the stance in which you're taking. But if we're ready for that, if we expect that, if we know it's coming, yeah, it's still going to hurt. Yeah, there still may be some pain. Yeah, there still may be some, a lot of things that happen, but at least we're prepared, we're armed for it. It won't destroy us. It won't discourage us to where we're not ready for it. And then we think, boy, that knocked a breath out of me. I just don't know if I can do this. And that's what he's saying. You've got to arm yourself. If you're going to live in this dark world, this, this world is dark without God's word shining on it, isn't it? I mean, that, that's why he came. So if we're going to be that representation of that light, we've got to be ready for what that brings. And that's going to bring some suffering. That's going to bring some pain. That's going to bring some persecution. And he says here, Christ had that mind set. He knew that was coming. He prepared himself through prayer and through meditation and through all the things that he did of trusting in God's word, of preparing himself. I'm going to do God's will. And doing God's will means there's going to be some suffering because of it. And Jesus told his disciples, they're going to hate you because they hated me. They're going to treat you this way because that's the way they treated me. But you still do what you're supposed to do. So Peter says if, if we're going to live in this dark world, arm yourself. That's what Paul said. You know, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, those fiery darts that he's shooting. Make sure you protect yourself. Make sure you do all you can to arm yourself. And uh, I think that's pretty good advice, isn't it? It's a lot better to, if you know it's coming, you know it's going to happen, you know you're going to have to endure it, to do all you can to prepare yourself for it. And that's what he says here, to arm ourselves with that same mind. He says, for who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Now this doesn't mean that I, I, I'm, I'm living a sinless, blameless life now. Well, I, I'm suffering now, and because and I'm suffering, I'm living a Christian life, that means I live a sinless life now. That means sin is not a part of my life anymore. That's not, I don't believe that's what this is saying. But how you can tell that you've ceased from living in sin, that you've made that change, that you've been set apart, that you've been justified, that you've been sanctified, he says, because you've ceased from sin. You were once living in sin, now you've done something to change your life. You, you've washed away those sins. Now you're walking in that light and there's going to be suffering because of it. And now you know, well, I'm suffering in the flesh because I've ceased from sin. I, now, now I know. It, that goes back to where he said that we've got to fight against those uh, 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 fleshly desires. You know how you know that you've given in to it when it's not a fight anymore. When I'm still fighting against it, that means I'm still trying to do what I'm supposed to do. I'm still trying to live for God, so I'm fighting against that. There's a battle that, that's raging for that. 
So here he says, you know, when we suffer in the flesh, because we're living like we should, we've ceased from sin. And because we've ceased from living in sin, not doing what everybody else is doing, now we've, we've armed ourselves because we realize suffering is coming. See, that, that's how we know, and that's the distinction we need to make. There's suffering for sin. There's consequences for those sins. But there's also suffering for living in Christ because I've ceased from living in sin. I, I tell you, I, I really like this. I, I didn't know where I was going to stop within it as I was doing it. But it, it, it just these building blocks that Peter gives. And Peter, I think, is a pretty good uh, uh, character study when it comes to this. Peter had to learn a lot of this himself, didn't he? He learned from experience. He learned, okay, when I'm, I'm living this way now, these are the challenges that I'm going to face. The, these are the, the things that I'm, I'm coming you know, face to face with now. And there's many times Peter wasn't ready for that. His faith wasn't up to the point to where he thought he was at different times. And he suffered because of it. So he, he's speaking not only through inspiration but through experience here because of the ways in which uh, he, he had to face things. Any questions or thoughts thus far? Look here starting in verse, where are we at now? Verse 3 or still 2? Two. 2. That he no longer should live, notice, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men but for the will of God. Now, he says, for we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, rivalries, drinking parties, abominable uh, 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 idolatries. Notice he says that no longer to live the rest of our time in this flesh for the lust of men. In other words, okay, you spent all of this time living like this. Here's the argument I believe Peter's making. What'd you get out of it? What, 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 what fruit was... What fruit came out of that? You were living this way. You were doing those things. Where did that get you? You lived enough time that way. Why would you want to go back? Now you cease for sin. Okay, now there's some suffering coming. There's some persecution coming. There's some trials coming. And there's a tendency when that happens, when we're not armed like we should, to jump back to what we know, right? It's almost like a muscle reflex. We go back to what we've always knew. It's like the children of Israel wanting to run back to Egypt. And all they could remember is how great it was. When was it great? Why'd they call, cry out for God for some 400 years if it was that great? But when times get tough and we don't arm ourselves for what's coming, we tend to just want to go back to like it was. And that's what he's saying here. You spent enough time doing that. Where did that get you? Um... Pull up Romans 6 and 21, I believe, if you don't mind, Kevin. Paul says basically the same thing. He says, What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things are death. So what's he saying here? And basically chapter 6 here, we're going to talk about it in a few minutes, goes right along. I think this is what Peter had in mind when, when he was writing this through inspiration, is some of these things, he goes right along with what Paul is saying here. Paul is saying here, what fruit did you have with these things that you're now ashamed of? What, what fruit was bared because of it? What, what did you get out of it? How's your life better because of that? If you're going to go back to that, what are you actually going back to? A life of living in darkness? A, a, a life of, 
of all these things. Yeah, it may be pleasures of sin for a season, but, but what do you, in the end, what are you going to get? I mean, think about it. You can ask any, I would say, and I, I have talked to a few on, on different occasions of different things. You ask somebody who's got involved with drugs or, 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 or something of this nature, addicted to something when it comes to that, you ask them, are, are you happy in that situation? Do you like being in that situation? No, they want out of it. They just sometimes just don't know how. Sometimes they don't know what path to take. Sometimes they're, they're, they're not armed enough to be able to do it. But they're not happy there. But sometimes what happens? They go back to that way of life sometimes. Well, that's what, and you can plug in anything here. That's what individuals do when it comes to sin is sometimes you go back to that. You don't know why. You don't want to. But you don't know how to live the other way. You don't know how to live strong enough to face these trials. You don't, you don't know how to press forward and realize there's something better on the other side of that. That this is not all that there is. That's why I think Peter started out by saying we're sojourners. We're pilgrims. He starts off by saying this isn't going to last long. So when you're living a life of, of sacrifice to God, Romans 12, 1 and 2, a living sacrifice, which is a reasonable service, he says when you do that, here's things that you can expect. That's why I like reading and, and studying about Peter. Peter's real practical when it comes to things like this. He, he doesn't sugarcoat it. He just says these are things that you're going to face. Be ready for them because it's not easy. But how you get through it is... Realize you arm yourself, you know what's going to happen, and it's not going to be forever. I mean, it's, it's, it's not going to be that long when it's all said and done compared to eternity. You can endure it because you know there's something better on the other side. That's what we're striving to get. God's Word is just helping us to get through it to get there, providing that way for us. And he says, um, why would you want to go back and live the way that you lived. Why would you go, want to go back and do those things again? Let's go, uh, while we're here, let's go, uh, let's go up to verse 1 of Romans chapter 6. And let's read a little bit of this. Because Paul is talking about the same thing. He says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if you have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection." Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Now notice the point that Paul's making here. I think it goes right along with what Peter was saying. And I think this is the reason that many people struggle is they've not truly crucified that old man. Peter said in the beginning, you know, remember, to... Uh, uh, fight against those fleshly desires. That's what Paul was saying here. You've crucified that old man. You've put him to death. It's no longer you that live, but Christ. You're a new creature. So if we're a new creature, we're, we're something different than we were. 
and we need to start acting like we're something different. We need to start living like we're something different. Or have we really not crucified that old man? Maybe he's still hanging around. Let's go a little farther, Kevin. He says, now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. He says, you put him to death once for all. Now you're living a life for God. Have we truly put the past in the past? Have we truly, you know, has it truly died? When we were, dead, when we were buried with Christ... We're dead to sin. We rise to walk in newness of life. We're a new person. It's no longer our will, but it's His will. So it's not our desires. It's not what we think. Now we have that same mind. We arm ourselves with the same mind as Christ, and we're able to face the things that uh, comes our way. And really, that's the only way that we can. We can't face it by ourselves, can we? We couldn't face it with that old man. Because that old man was living just like everybody else. And as Paul said, and as Peter said, what, what did that get us? You know, when it's all said and done, where does it really get you? I mean, we could look at a person that's prospering beyond what we could ever imagine, that's living in sin, it looks like their life's great, but when it's all said and done, what do they really have? Where did it really get them? Nowhere. Because they think it's all about here. They think this world is their home. It's about everything that they can get here. It's almost like what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 when it comes to, you know, do you want the praises of God or do you want the praises of men? If you want the praises of men, you're going to get exactly the reward that you want. We just have to decide which reward that is. Do we want it from men or do we want it from God? And a lot of the suffering that we go through is because we're not willing to put that old man to death. We, we still have that struggle. We still fight that fight. And yes, that fight's going to be there. There's always going to be that fight between the flesh and the spirit. Which one are we going to let rule? If we arm ourselves, have the same mind as Christ, then we don't walk by the flesh. We walk by faith, don't we? We don't walk by sight. We don't walk by circumstances. We don't walk because of the trials that we go through. We look beyond those. And that's really the only way we're going to get through it. Any other way, I think we would give in and turn back to our old ways. So let's go back to 1 Peter. Any thoughts thus far? Make sense? Make sense, Jim? Good. I like, I like a head shake like that. He says, in regard to these, they think it, again, notice, in regard to these, they think it's strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dispensation. Now notice, he says, they speak evil of you. So what's going to happen if okay, you're living one way, you're around a group of individuals, you're, you're doing what they're doing, you're, 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 you're in darkness, now all of a sudden you're different, what are they going to say? You think they're just going to say automatically, oh, it's just great that you're different. I'm glad that you're pointing out and, and living such a way that uh, points out that I'm still in sin. You think they're going to like that? How do you think they're going to take that? That's exactly how they're going to take it. People think you think you're too good for them, that you're judgmental, 
that uh, all of these things, th this happens. I mean, it, it, it happens probably to every single Christian when they obey the gospel and start living, walking in that light. People are going to try to deflect from themselves and deflect on you. Oh, you, th you think you're, you're, and I had individuals tell you think you're better than me now. Oh, you think you're living this way. You're, and, and, and you're, you're just judging me. You, you don't like the way that I'm living. You're, you're too critical. I mean, all of these things. That, that's the first thing that's going to come at you. Because they're trying to reconcile now in their life that their life is different than your life and they're trying to process that now. They, they see that difference and they may not like that difference to begin with. So they're going to do everything that they can. As it says here in regard to these, they think it's strange that you don't run with them in the same flood. He said, and then they start speaking evil of you. They're not the problem, you're the problem. We see that in America today now, don't we? If you stand up for anything or if you don't praise any other sin out there, then you're the bad guy. You know, it's not enough just to say, okay, I'm going to live my life this way. This is the way I'm going to do it. I don't agree with what you're doing. You know, it's not enough now. You have to praise it or you're in the wrong. See, they try to turn it back. And that's exactly, I think, what Peter is talking about, exactly what we're experiencing today. You're, you're in the wrong. You're the bad guy. You're the awful person. Because you're not praising abortion, homosexuality, transgender. I mean, name whatever you want to name. Because we're not praising that. We're not living that way. They think that's strange. We're the strange one. And actually the Bible says we are, aren't we? We, we are the strange ones. We are the ones that, that, that turn it upside down. We are the ones that are different because light and dark are totally different. You know? I mean, think about that. When there's light, then there's not darkness. That's exactly right. Because it, 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 it's, it's easier. It, it's comfortable. You, you don't have to make any changes in the dark. People can't see in the dark. So you just go along and you get comfortable. You know, you, you just like things sometimes before you know it like they are. I always think about, what's that old saying, that one more night with the frogs with Pharaoh. When he brought Moses there to him and he said, you know, I need to take these frogs away. Most said, okay, when? He said, tomorrow. Why tomorrow? I'd want them now, wouldn't you? I wouldn't want to spend another night with them everywhere. But he did. And how can you get comfortable and have a good night's sleep with frogs everywhere? I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense, does it? But how can we have a good night's sleep? How can we live in the things we live in? You know, we, we just keep putting on. We, we, we don't realize what you get comfortable with. It's like sometimes uh, you've had a car for a while or a truck for a while and you drive it and you don't realize all the things that are actually wrong with it until somebody else gets ready to drive it. You ever thought about that? And you have to tell them a whole list of everything to do before you can even turn the key sometimes. You know, it's amazing what you get used to. You get used to doing things and you just don't think nothing about it until somebody actually draws your attention to it and you think... I've actually been doing that. Well, that's what the light does with darkness. We, we don't realize that this is how we live our life. This, this is what we've been doing and we've become so comfortable. We just don't realize there's a different way. You know, you start realizing, hey, you can, there's some people actually get in the car and turn the key on, you know, or push the button and it starts right up. You know, you don't have to roll the window down and push this button over here and hang over side just to get it to go down the road. I've had cars like that. You know, I used to tell my wife, 
when she'd say, well, this car quit on me. Well, you're not talking good to it. You got to pet it on the dash. You got to, you know, float it a little bit. You don't be mean to them. But, but you, you just don't realize that that's what it's become, do we? And I think that's what happens with her life. And then people, once you change, the people who are living like that, they're going to think that's strange that you don't live that way anymore. They're going to think it's strange that you're... I mean, think about when you first became a Christian. Did people think that was different and strange? Did they question it? Did they mock it? Did they try to see if it was real, if you're going to be consistent with it or not? Did they think you were judgmental? They may think that you were better than them. I mean, all these things. But we're not the only generation that's ever faced that. They're facing that here. Matter of fact, what Peter is getting them ready for is some pretty major persecution that they're going to face. So this isn't anything new. You know, as Solomon said, not anything new under the sun. This isn't something that, you know, all of a sudden now we're going through it and nobody else ever has. Uh, it's, it, it's always been there. Notice, it says, They will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and dead. Here's, here's where you get into some vindication. Here's where you get into, okay, maybe this is worth it. He says, don't worry, they're going to give an account. See, that, that's what we want to, again, that giving evil for evil. Somebody punches you, you've got to punch them. Somebody says something bad about you, you've got to say something bad about them. We can get into that and we have to fight that. That's part of that fleshly desire that we have to fight. And if we're going to live different, we don't do that. But as we're suffering, we're going to be thinking... This isn't right. What about these people that's living like this out here? He says, don't worry, they're going to give an account. They're going to give an account for what they are doing by the judge who judges everybody, the living and the dead. You know, when you get start getting into verse 5 and 6, you can get into uh, quite a bit of theories, quite a bit of theology, quite a bit of uh, uh, misunderstanding with it. Uh, but what he starts off with just saying here. Don't worry, they're going to give an account, everybody, where they're living now, where they're dead, at that final judgment, God is a just God. We're going to give an account. Remember, that's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians. We're going to give an account for what we've done in the body, both good or bad. So don't think anybody's getting away with anything. We just live the life that we are, that suffering that's coming, be arm ourselves, be ready for it, but don't return evil for evil and know God will repay because what's coming is uh, that great judge. Now look at verse 6. He says, For this reason the gospel was preached also to those who are dead, that they may be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the Spirit. Now there, there's several out there that think this is teaching a second chance gospel. It's talking about, okay, God, the gospel is for the dead, so there's those that are dead that's going to hear the gospel, they can obey after they're dead, and then God's going to save them, this second chance. That's not what he's talking about at all here. Here's what I think the question that, that they're facing. Okay, we're living this way, we're, we're doing this, we're, we're, we're facing trials, we're, 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 we're facing persecution, and we're going through all of this, and you know what those in the world are going to say? Well, look at these individuals who are living this life. They die just like we do. Matter of fact, you know, I think they're talking more specifically about groups of people who had suffered, died, 
uh, as martyrs that, that suffered because as Christians, he says, look at them. Look, look at what they've done. They, they died the same way. So why is it any better? Why, you know, why are you saying live differently when you die just like everybody else? Well, notice what he says here. For this reason, the gospel was preached also to those who are dead. Because they can worry, okay, you've got these individuals that suffered this. You've got these individuals that are dead now. Well, the gospel was preached to them. They died at the hands. Notice what he says. Um, those who are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh. They were judged by, by other men. Okay, you're living this way. Here's how you're going to be treated. There's individuals that died horrible deaths because they were children of God. Right? They, 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 they suffered and they died. Well, they were judged by men in the flesh, but they live according to God in the Spirit. But the end of all things is His hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. We're going to be judged by men here. Okay? We're, we're going to, individuals are going to look at how we live. They're going to look at how we talk. They're going to look at the things in which we do. may even kill us. That's what happened throughout the ages. Go to uh, Hebrews chapter 10, especially uh, the last part of that chapter. Look at all the ones of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. Well, was it worth it? What, was it worth it for all the things that they went through? The world can look and say, look what happened to them. Look what individuals did to them. Look how individuals judged them in the flesh and look what they did. They said, you're living this way, we don't like the way you're living, and here's what we're going to do to you because of it. Is it worth it? Well, so they do kill us. Then what? Then what do you have? Well, there's something better, isn't there? There's something a whole lot better. So as you look, okay, this gospel was preached to those at the time in which they were living, now they're dead, what happened to them? What are they going to do? The world looks at them when it's in darkness, looks at them and say, well, they just die like everybody else. Yeah, may appear so. But we live for something different than what's here. And, and that's not easy for individuals to accept. Because as Christians, sometimes we can have that same thought process. Here I am living as a, a child of God, and it seems like my, my life has gotten harder. Seem like I'm going through more suffering. Seem like I'm faced with more. Seem like I'm going through more. Peter's saying here, yeah, that's very much a possibility. So we start thinking that, is it worth it? The world will look at it and say, looks like they're suffering like everybody else. And look, like they're suffering more because of what they're believing. What happened to them? They die like everybody else. But there's a difference. But they live according to God and the Spirit. It, the ending is different. Eternity is different. We're, we're not living for what's here. You know, Romans 8 and 28, all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to their purpose. It's not just about, okay, everything's going to work out good here one day. It may not work out good here one day. But it's going to work out there if we... Believe it and follow it. We arm ourselves. We're ready for it. We're, we're prepared for what's coming. It doesn't mean this life is going to be awful. But we do need to understand as servants 
of God as, as walking in that light means the darkness isn't going to like that. And we need to be prepared for that. We, we need to know that it's coming, know that it's out there, do everything we can to arm ourselves so we can be ready. You know, there, the Bible teaches over and over about being prepared, being prepared for eternity. Well, the Bible also talks about counting the cost and realize when we come up out of that water, we put, we crucified that old man, that old man is dead, we rise to walk in newness of life, we need to be prepared. Be prepared for what's coming. And I think that's what happens sometimes with, with individuals, just like a marriage. Many people think about that wedding day and don't think anything about the marriage itself. And they're not prepared for it. And the end result isn't what they wanted it to be. And I think people sometimes think about that. Sometimes they can get caught up and think about, okay, I've got to obey and I, I want to do this. And, but they don't think about what's coming. They don't prepare themselves for what's coming. And don't realize that what's coming means before you were going the same direction as Satan, now you're not, and guess what? <laughs> now you're butting heads. It's going to get tough. And we've got to be ready for it. We've got to be prepared for it. Any thoughts or comments? Nothing? Pretty simple, straightforward? Yeah, we, we've come out of that fold into another, and he didn't like it. He didn't like it at all. And he ain't going to let us go easily. Uh, it, it's going to be, that's why the Bible talks so much. You know, uh, even Paul there uh, in Ephesians 6, I mean, we've got to cover our whole self. We've got to be ready because he's going to go for our weakest point. And if we're not prepared, we're not armed for it, he's going to hit it. And it's not going to be, it's not going to be fun. Um there's a lot of things that, you know, I, I think about even in my life that, you know, I look back, I could have made this easier. This wouldn't have been so hard if I was just willing to fully commit myself to begin with. The times that was hardest for me is when I wasn't committed like I should be. You know, that's when it's almost like muscle memory. You kind of revert and go back. And... And if we're not armed, if we don't are not vigilant and, and, and sober-minded, as he says in chapter 5, and realize Satan is going to do everything he can to devour us, he's going to if we're not ready for it. And that, that's, that's not an easy thing. So uh, hopefully these things that, that Peter is teaching us through inspiration can help us in, in whatever it is that we're facing in our lives. Um, if you're not suffering now, it's coming. <laughs> or maybe you have before. It's like those storms of life. If you're not in the middle of a storm now, just wait. It's coming. Or maybe you're just coming out of one or you're about to face one. But they are going to come. But as long as we're built on the rock, we'll be able to get through it.